Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 53124 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Welcome to the Fumble. This is it. Season 2021. Vernon Kay and Darren Fletcher at the helm of what is possibly the best podcast in the world called The Fumble. Uh Darren, it's been an interesting off-season. Uh, lots has happened uh both socially and of course between you and I. Uh, not a bad thing, of course, not a bad thing, of course, but Uh, we played a lot of golf Darren has uh, invested his time his energy and all his efforts into golf so he's hooked on that and all i can say is Darren is since we were last sat together in a working capacity in a working environment uh the NFL is taking us into what i feel one of the most exciting seasons we've seen in a long time yeah i agree and I, first first I just want to thank everybody because it's been quite humbling the last few days when I've said that we're coming back with the fumble. So many people are happy that it's back. So we really appreciate your support. So um kind of goes without saying that we were going to be back, but it is quite nice to know that people are actually or some people are actually happy about it. So <laughs> I was quite touched by that. But no you're right. I mean the most significant thing of course going into this season is 17 games. So we've never seen that before. So I keep making the mistake of when I make predictions I was saying oh, I think they'll be 12 and 4 8 8 of course you can't be anymore can you so you've got to be 12 and 5 or whatever it is 17 games so that's going to be interesting um I wonder whether and I know it's only one game but I wonder whether that reduces the possibility of a surprise in the standings even more because you'd think over the more games you play the better teams would would rise to the top I think in terms of what the league looks like in general it looks so strong doesn't it I mean we've got this unique situation where the Buccaneers are sending everybody back again so they've not lost anybody so the team that won the Super Bowl you know the, the 22 starters will be the starters tonight against Dallas which is has never happened that's you know, insane Darren. and I think sorry to interrupt I think we should we should just briefly touch on that and say yeah. that the reason why the majority of american football teams lineups change is because of the salary cap 
So each team is given a certain amount of cash that they can spend on players. And we've talked about it in the past, but for all newcomers, teams have a specific guy who is known as the salary cap dude. And he's got to figure out the algorithm on how they can either retain or swap or send off or bring in new players to boost and bolster the team. And Tampa Bay have done exceptionally well because A, they're a winning side. B, everyone wants to be on the team with Tom Brady. And C, they're willing to readjust their contracts so that they can come back. Yeah. What it, what it could potentially do, and if you are a, a new fan of the NFL and you just think that this Buccaneers team is going to rule forever, the, the caveat would be that when you do something like this, we saw the Baltimore Ravens do this for Ray Lewis's last run, that it does tend to go bang at some point because you set the contracts up to the point where you've got to get rid of everybody at some stage. I think they're trying to time that to the day Tom Brady retires, they effectively pick it up and start again. So if you're a Bucks fan, enjoy it while it lasts because it won't last forever. And when the fall does come, salary cap history tells you it could be relatively spectacular. So it, it is going to go from great to bad overnight at, at some stage. But, you know, that's going to be great. What was Aaron Rodgers going to do? You know, he fancied presenting Jeopardy in the US. He wanted to be... Green Bay's answer to Vernon Kay. But <laughs> he decided to come back for one more year. I hope he picked the phone up to you and said, listen, Vern, can I do this? And you said, no, get back under the centre. <laughs> so we, we've got Rogers back in Green Bay. Well, Darren, so, what I, I actually said to him, I said, I said to him, I said, Aaron, step away, step away from the game shows because one day you'll get offered a splash. Yeah, now, now, now listen, now listen. I've never been in a I've never been in a situation like this where the person I'm working with can give such great insight into a story that is like mad, but but you can. So if Aaron Rodgers, right, decided he was gonna stop being the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers and he was gonna present one of the biggest game shows on US television. Talk to me about that transition for him, Vern, because you can talk about this from the inside, my friend. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, from, from my experience of standing inside the pocket, Darren, <laughs> to standing in front of a studio uh, hosting a quiz, yeah, lots of similarities. But I'll be honest with you, I watched it. I watched it. And what he did that really impressed me, and he said this publicly as well, is he learned the intricacies of the game. So what you've got to do when you're hosting a game show is, as I'm asking you a question, Darren, so let's say who won the World Cup in 1966, right? I think Darren's going to get that right. So whilst you're pontificating, I'm thinking, right, he's going to get it right, so where do I go now? Right. However, if he gets it wrong, where do we go then? So it's the same as football. You know, you start off your first down, it's going to be a run, pretty much. And then you're thinking about a pass. Third down, you bring in your light running back. You send him to the flats. You throw it over there. Or, you know, you set up a screen or you send your wide receivers down the middle for a short yardage gain, right? It's the same thing, pretty much. So you're always one step ahead of where you're actually at. And he said, I've learned it. I've studied it. I know what to do. And he did really well. He honestly did really well. And I think the grief that he got from... Uh, he got a bit of banter from Brady, didn't he? Say, look, yes. concentrate on your football, forget the jeopardy. But the thing is, when you've got guys who have a certain level of intelligence, 
And Tom Brady has come out and spoken publicly about his thoughts on the game. I don't know whether you saw that on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers website and their socials. And for me, he made a massive statement in that he rinsed the NFL, saying the league has gone soft, which makes it easier for the offense, which therefore has a detrimental effect on coaching in the NFL, because you no longer have to be foot down on the gas 24-7 with the players because they can get away with things because the defences aren't playing as tough. So it all has a massive knock-on effect. And it's the same with a game show. If you've got some contestants who are absolutely diabolical, you know that it's going to be an awful show. You want to get them on, you want to get them off. Same with the quarterback. If you're playing the best defence, you've got to work hard. And after the first quarter, if it's not happening, it's game over. And you know it is, let's be honest. You know? So... Yeah, I, th- I think Aaron Rodgers, we know he's a clever fella. He's an interesting fella. He's a godless fella, which is really interesting in America. And I find that intriguing. And I'm sure when he retires, a story will come out about the, the, the stuff that's been said to him in the locker room. Because we know that, you know, uh, uh, Christianity is massive within the NFL. So I'd love to get that backstory. But it's great to see him in the league with his greasy hair and his bandana wearing that iconic 12 journey in the yellow and green or the golden green, whatever they call it. Uh, yeah, I think that's a story to behold because I do believe that Jordan Love is chomping at his ankles. Yeah, yeah. I think he can chomp away. I just don't think the teeth are sharp enough to bite through the sock. It's Aaron Rodgers, Darren. Yeah, you see, straight away, we've got the perfect hook for this podcast. That Vernon Kay breaks down. Alan, uh, Aaron Rodgers' performance on Jeopardy. You see, nobody else, there's no other <laughs> podcast, right, that can do that. Neil, bless him. Neil can do some... Neil does the, the, the best NFL podcast that, that, that we get to listen to. But Neil can't break down Aaron Rodgers' performance on Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't care who you are. The lads on the Irish NFL show, all the other... They, they all do a sterling job, but they cannot break down Rodgers as a game show host the way that my partner can. So well, I've been go. ahead of the game already before the season's even started. They're chasing us already. The rest <laughs> of us are not in the exhaust because we're doing something that they can't do. So I absolutely love that. Absolutely super. Hey, hey I'll tell you what we should do, Darren, before we move on. And you did yeah. mention our, our dear friend, uh, Neil, Neil Reynolds there. We should congratulate him and his son, George. We should. Because George has gone from the NFL Academy to playing football in Canada, which is huge. And I think this is one thing that the NFL Academy wanted to achieve, is slowly drip feed young players into an environment where they can learn more about American football. Yeah, and I'll tell you something as well. You know, and, and, and this is this is what this is what puts him on a, on a, on a pedestal for me, George. I've known George since he was pretty much knee-high because we worked with Neil at the Wembley Games and all that, and they're a very close family the Reynolds, and George used to come along and he'd have a throw of the ball at a time when he could only get the small the small NFL ball and he, you know, the little replica in his hand to throw it. And this, 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 this little lad grew into this athlete over the fullness of time, as you say, through the NFL Academy. But not only is he going there to play in Canada, he's going to play in Canada as a quarterback. Now, let's kind of put that into perspective. This is not a discus thrower who's built like a Greek god, who you think we might be able to coach to play defensive line, where you need a bit of intelligence, but the majority of stuff is about strength and technique. This is, in American terms, and they will say this, 
the most important position in sports to anyone in the US is the quarterback position. We wouldn't see that in Europe because American football doesn't resonate here like it does over there, of course. So, so put it into an equation, Darren, that we will, that we'll recognise. I, I, I find it difficult to actually do. I, I can't really think of anything that mirrors the quarterback. I think well, some, quarterback, some of your, some of your, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Some of your fellow commentators, some of your, what's the, what's the word? What's the word? Colleagues. Yeah, some of your colleagues, some of your peers. Yeah. Uh, often use. Oh, this guy's a great midfield general, like a quarterback leading yeah, I'll tell the line. You what, I'll tell you what I'd say, right? I'll tell you what I'd say. In terms of responsibility and position, if you're the England cricket captain, not only are you, the, in Joe Root's case, the best player, but he also dictates everything, doesn't he? Tactics, everything. He's in charge of that group. The coach plays a really minimal role in a, in a cricket team. Joe Root's the man and he's the voice. He's everything about that team. So I think this is the equivalent of bringing a Canadian lad or an American lad over here and saying, not only do we want you to be in the England cricket team, but you've got to be captain as well. So you've got to tell everybody what they've got to do. You've got to work out how we're going to win. You've got to get hundred every time you go out. And if you don't do that, then we're in trouble. So, oh, and, by, and by the way, cricket takes four days. Right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might be a draw. Yeah, but... But if it rains, you can still win. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know how I'd put it into perspective other than we've seen a lot of people from Europe go and play American football and they've been kickers they've been punters you know they've been projects George is going to university in Canada on a legitimate scholarship which he's earned via his own hard work in the NFL Academy and the support of his of his mum and dad and, and, and his family and he's going to go out there and if, if he can succeed if he could play in the NFL, then I think it's one of the greatest sporting accomplishments that a young person from the UK will actually have had. Because it's just, two decades ago, it would have been absolutely impossible, not even a pipe dream. Even if he gets to play in Canada, you know, this is an astonishing story if he can do it. And everybody needs a tremendous amount of credit. We always send them our love. And I'm just rooting for him. And I just hope it works for him because I know what it means to them. And I know how hard he's going to work. And, I, you know, I, I, I've always been sceptical. You know, the Lawrence Okoye thing, I couldn't get into. The Christian well, Wayne you know, thing, you, I can't... I've got to be Darren, honest. Look, look, Darren, you've always been vocal on, yeah, on drip-feeding players, UK players. Can't get into it. Can't get into it. Especially the fast-track ones, you know. Yeah. there was Lawrence Okoye was the one where you went in. And also, let's not forget, historically, you went in on the fact that Christian Wade had quit his rugby career to go and play American football because you, you were like, it's never going to work. It's not no. going to work. Can't do it. Now... We've got a lad here that I really am rooting for because this is this is from grassroots up. This is a youngster that's gone through it. This is what it should be. I don't think that pathway ever should be. Let's go and grab a rugby league player, a rugby union player, whatever it is, an athlete, and send them to the NFL and say that we can produce NFL players. We can't. This is what the academy is all about, and this is why it's so great. And this is this should, if it works, I mean, even at this stage, should inspire so many youngsters who sit on a Sunday night watch the NFL on, on telly, listen to podcasts like this. It should give them the belief that they can actually do it because he's doing it. And, you know, he's, he started throwing a ball in a back garden in Kent, right? A back garden in Kent and with his dad. And now he's in Canada at university playing quarterback. And, and that should be that. That's where I now get invested. And I now go, this is good. This is what it is. 
this is not false anymore. This is now real. So well done to everybody who's been involved in it. And good luck, mate, because I, I, I really hope he does it. And, I, and, and knowing him and knowing the family, I think he's got a hell of a chance. So, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Well, 100%, because if, if there's anyone in the UK that knows everything inside, outside, upside down, under the rug, under the sofa, down the back of the sofa about football, it's Neil Reynolds. Of course it is. Of course it is. And so let's brilliant. not forget, let's not forget, you know, you 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 talk down the guys who've been fast-tracked, but the guy that really did design and wrote the blueprint for this journey into the NFL by learning here was F.A. Obada, who's now moved yeah. on to the Buffalo Bills for a decent contract. Yeah, but, but you see, that story is perfect. That F.A. Obada came through the route of, you know, his backstory in general is, is just an astonishing journey of life. But he wasn't an Olympic athlete. He played for the London Warriors and he learned how to play American football and became really good at it. And then went over and he's made a career of it. Another inspiration to people over here should be Adam Durdy, your old coach, who, if you've been watching Hard Knocks this summer, is not only part of the coaching staff in Dallas, he's an integral part of the coaching staff in Dallas. If the accent gets any more American, by the way, I'm disowning him, so he might not have any more of that. He's starting to slip towards, how are you doing? So I'm not having that. He's got, to stay, he's got to keep the English bit. But again, you know, there's a guy that followed a dream. He went to work at his, well, help out, I presume, his, his local Intern. club. Right, and then, yeah, but his, his local club. I mean, what do you do if you want to coach? If I want to coach the team in Nottingham, I turn up whatever night they train and say, can I help out, fellas? And they'll say, yeah, of course you can. Go get a coach. Eventually, I could become a coach if I wanted to be, if I, if I got any nows, if I was any good at it, right? So that'll be Adam's Adam Dirty's journey. He'd have turned up one night at some nondescript American football team in the UK to help out or to play, and then he develop. He's in the NFL. He's the Dallas Cowboys defensive coach. He's mad. It's insane. It's insane. And what I'm saying is, you look at people like that. Now that is a journey. That's a pathway. That's a, and that's the reason why the NFL will spend so much time and money in the UK and in Europe because that's what it can produce. People like Adam Dirty, potentially people like George Reynolds. And I think, I just hope it, when they sit down in their office now and the people look at it, that they kind of go, you know the best way to do this? It is from the ground up. We can't fast track it. You know, we can't go and get the best sprinter and decide that, He's going to go and play in the NFL. You know, the first year that I got into this sport, I'm pretty sure the Dallas Cowboys, and you go back and, and I think the Dallas Cowboys spent something like a 10th round pick on Carl Lewis on the off chance that he'd play American football, right? And the Rams at the time had Ron Brown returning kicks, who was in the four by one relay at the LA Olympics. Uh, Willie Galt had been a sprinter. Ronaldo Nehemiah was playing for the 49ers and he won the 110 metres hurdles. He was the world record holder. They're such rarities that even athletes in the US, you know, track stars and stuff, have tried to become NFL players and had varying levels of success. Yeah, we've got this idea over here that you can go and pick a fella from the British Olympic team or a, a rugby team or whatever and they're going to go and become NFL players. I think in a way, it almost... I don't know what, I've not got the word to articulate it, but it's not the right message because it's not that easy. And I think by looking at Adam's journey and looking at George's potential journey, 
you're then seeing it for what it actually should be. And if, if they can build it that way. And I'd like to think the point I was going to make when they walk into the room and sit down and go, all right, what do we do with this moving forward? I'd like it to be a ground up journey, that it's, 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 it's a legitimate journey, not trying to fast track it just so people can say, oh, we've got a Brit in the NFL. Didn't they do well? Well, they're not really. They're not a practice squad. They're never going to play a down in the league, so it's not really right. But Adam is setting the standard, leading the way. If I'm the British coach now, I think I can go and coach the Dallas Cowboys too. And I'm tapping into what he's done on his journey to do that. So I think it's brilliant. I, I, just, I, just, I think Hard Knocks and George's journey this year has, has really, really given me belief in the process. Yeah, because I, I think when it comes down to brass tacks, you've got to start early to learn the complexities of the game. Mm. Because it's not a game where, and no disrespect to anyone who plays rugby league or union, it's not a game where you give the ball and you just run forward. It's a game of chess. It's a game of intricate, complex schemes which enable you to A, either move the ball or B, stop the ball being moved. And it's the language, it's, the, it's, it's, it's all of that jargon that gets gobbled up so quickly by high school kids, you know, and kids in, in college, where it becomes second nature when if you're lucky enough to make it to the pros, you know what the coach is talking about straight away. And when I watch Hard Knocks, the one thing that gives me so much joy is watching the respect the Dallas Cowboys give a lad from London when yeah. he's telling them what to do. It's yeah. insane. You know, also, Vern, it, it kind of proves the point as well that for people who, who are just kind of getting into the game, and we are going to get down to who we think is going to win the Super Bowl and have a bit of fun with it in a minute, but they have what they, what, what's called the combine every year. And, and, and people get drafted a lot of the time based on how they do at the combine. And, and nine times out of ten, the player that goes to the combine who's not supposed to be any good and then it turns out to be an athletic freak, flies <laughs> at draft boards and gets drafted higher because they could do a million bench presses at five ton ago. They get drafted into the NFL, and in three years, they're gone because it's a different type of physical um, ability that you need to be an NFL player. You can't just say, well, that fella's big, strong, and fast, so he'll play in the NFL. It doesn't work that way because they try that every year. You know, they have kids that come out of college who are okay at American football, but they're unbelievably physically gifted. So teams will go, well, we'll take a chance on that individual because look how strong and fast they are. But to then try and translate that onto the American football field turns out a lot of the time to be virtually impossible. So it doesn't work out that way. There's not a correlation between being a wonderful athlete and being able to play in the NFL. There are so many other layers to it that mean <clears throat> you need to get there. And, and as Vernon just said, understanding situational um, things and, 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 and the all of that all factors in. But anyway, look, we're kind of getting off the beaten track, but good luck, George. Brilliant, Adam. And fantastic. fantastic. Well, let's see, let's see if FA can keep his, uh, his, his Hall of Fame quarterback tally up <laughs> and running. Because let's be honest, he's, he's done Drew Brees, he's done Brady, he's done Aaron Rodgers. I yeah. mean, who else is there in the league that we can talk about? I mean, he's got to sack the ones from the future, hasn't he? He's got to sack the Lamar Jacksons, yeah. the, the yeah. Kyler Murrays. He's got to get his hands around Joe Burrow, people like that. Herbert, he could, he could have a good career, couldn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now, one thing we need to do this morning, because we always do the fancy, don't we? Yeah. 
So we did our first draft last night. We've got another one tonight. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, we'll talk about that one in a minute. Yeah, now Vern was panicking because he played golf yesterday at Wentworth in the PGA Pro-Am with Lee Westwood. So, I mean, so, but he's still, fair play to him, he still made sure he got back for the draft, which I think if I played golf with Lee Westwood, I'd still be there now. Darren, so, I, I sat down and I think <laughs> I was eight. I think we were up to five when I sat down and turned on my laptop. Right, okay, okay, right. So it was good. So you, you, managed, to, you managed to play golf with Lee Westwood and then... As it always says in those stories, like all good reporters, you made your excuses and left at that stage. And I'm quite, did you actually say to Westwood, I've got to go because I'm doing a, a fantasy yeah. draft? Yeah, honest, Darren, oh, hand on heart, oh, I said, I've got to dash off because I've got to do my fantasy draft. I thought you would have said, I've got to get back to the kids or something. No, 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 no. Because he's a, he's a big NFL fan. Oh, is he? Yeah, him and his oh, son are huge NFL fans. Oh, and he, he was saying that uh, whenever they're on tour on the PGA over there, yeah. There's always a handful, a sprinkling of NFL players that turn up. Okay. So they'd finish practice, and then if they're in town, they'd nip down to the course and walk around with a few players. And he said that the last tournament he played up in Maryland, uh, Ron Rivera turned up. Right, because that's obviously where the, the, Reds, the, the, the Washington football team, I, I still have to not call them the Redskins. Yeah. So it's that football team with a terrible name, Ron Rivera. Yeah turned up and they were having a good chat and he's played with, I think he's played with Aaron Rodgers as well. Right. Uh, and he said, they're all really, really good lads, obsessed by golf. He said, and they've all got bad backs. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how did you play? Did you play okay? I mean, obviously, well, after you Darren, the first nine was, you know, you soak yeah. it all up, you get a little bit nervous, a little bit apprehensive. There's a lot of people watching and, you know, you can shank the odd one and hook the other one. Uh, back nine, I thought, do you know what? In the words of Richard Branson, screw it, let's do it. I just absolutely smashed it down the fairway. And did Westy hit it well? Is he worth a punt this oh, way? Darren. Darren. He's the same age as us. Yeah. And we got onto the ninth tee. And the ninth tee was the longest drive hole. And they had Top Tracer, which tracks your ball flight. They had a top... Uh, they had a... Uh, a trackman computer which tells you your spin rates and this that and the other and we get on the tee and spider-man had pumped one 310 yards down the fairway henry holland Is i saw him on holland? the telly last night i don't know what his name was but i saw him on the telly last night because yeah. said to me what's he doing on the telly spider-man i yeah. thought he's golfing this look i said Vern's out there somewhere yeah so the holland lad he pumped one 310 lee was having none of it <laughs> He was having none of it. He says, I can't get done by Spider-Man. So Lee gets on the tee box and he's got his wife on the bag. He says, yeah. I'm going to rip one, right? And he wound it up. And honest, Darren, and golfers will know this. I would imagine a lot of American footballers know a lot about golf. American football fans know a lot about golf. The noise yeah. is pure. It is, yeah. When you hear someone in your local town fire up a Ferrari, you know it's class and quality because it sounds so pure. How's it he going? Hit, he hit this ball, Darren. Again. That's a Ferrari. That's what you pay your 250 grand for. I only what wanted to do it because where I live, nobody's got a Ferrari. So I just wanted right. to... Oh, come on. It's full of them in Nottingham. <laughs> so he hit this ball and the noise off the club face was like, 
flicking the side of a crystal glass. Ooh. Bing! Pure. The noise through the air was like when you first take the lid off a bottle of Fanta. Straight through the air. And he went, and he hit it, and he knew straight away, he went, there you go, Spider-Man, have that one. <laughs> 334 yards. Smashed it. Brilliant. Love it. Smashed I'm it. going on Sunday, because I'm seeing you Saturday, so I'm going on Sunday. So I messaged Lee the other day, so I'm going to catch up with Lee at the weekend. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, um, he's a good lad. Yeah. So you get back in time. Yes. Did you have, did you have a strategy this year? Because I did. Actually, I changed my strategy a little bit this year. Um, well, you I explain what you did. and well, well, first of all, quickly explain what you usually do. Okay, so what I normally do, for anybody drafting, and it might be a bit late now, but for anybody drafting, I, I've always been an advocate that you've got to get a running back in the first round because they run out quickly. But I looked at it and I thought this year I'm picking number nine. And I looked at the running backs about number nine, and the only one that I wanted down there was Jonathan Taylor from the Indianapolis Colts. And I thought Jonathan Taylor got the chance to be a top three running back this year. Jonathan Taylor went. So I was then looking at the board thinking, in the second round, you know, there are running backs in there too. You know, Austin Eckler, people like that. So I'm thinking, once the running backs are gone, I'm just going to get the best player. Because I was thinking, if you get the fifth best running back with your first pick, and then you get the fourth best wide receiver in his, with your second pick, you've not got anybody who's great. So I was thinking, if you get an opportunity to get the best player at the position, you have to have an advantage there. And then by the time your second round comes, if everybody's feasted on running backs, you should actually get a decent wide receiver there higher up the list. So I'm thinking I might get the best and the third best as opposed to the sixth best and the fifth best, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I was picking nine and Travis Kelsey was sat there. So I picked Travis Kelsey at number nine. I thought... I could either go for Devante Adams, who was there as well, who's projected to be the best wide receiver. I don't think he will be. But I thought Kelsey is the only tight end in the NFL who absolutely can set your watch by. Yeah, Kittle's got wonderful... Darren, I had him last year. You're guaranteed a minimum 15 right. points. So I took Kelsey. And then when the second pick came round, I'm thinking, right, I'll go running back then. But then the rest of the running backs that I thought might be in the second round had gone. So I'm thinking, well, I better go best player. So I then got Stefan Diggs, who was the best wide receiver in fancy last year. So I'm sat there now thinking, well, I've had two picks. I know I'm not going to run him back, but I've got the best tight end. And I've got the best wide re receiver from last year in an offense where Josh Allen's going to throw it 50 times a week. So I, bar an injury, I can't really go wrong with that. And I'll be honest with you, I, I then took my third pick and I picked another wide receiver. I took Amari Cooper because I'm thinking he's there as well. He was a top five wide receiver last year when Prescott was healthy. Prescott's back. So I've still not got a running back. So anyway, cut a long story short, I ended up getting running backs later. But I didn't mind because I got starters. I got number one backs. I ended up with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from the Chiefs and I got Miles Gaskin from the Dolphins. So I was happy that I ended up with... the. Uh, so my team, I ended up with Justin Herbert at quarterback. So I waited... Who I had last year, who is consistently 19 right. points plus. Yeah. Edward Silaire and Gaskin as my running backs, Stefan Diggs, Amari Cooper, and DJ Moore from Carolina as my receivers, Travis Kelsey my tight end. I got two defences, the Rams and Washington, and my kicker. Then on the bench, I got Ronald Jones from Tampa, Darnell Mooney from the Bears, who I think is going to have a big year breaking out. And then a couple of backups who may or may not do okay. I took 
Alexander Matheson from the Vikings, because if anything happens to Delvin Cook, he's a top 10 running back. But the one I was really pleased about, I picked him at number 88 in the draft last night. And he misses the first five games. But at pick number 88 last night, I took Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints. Who, if he starts the season, I'm probably picking at number nine. Right? I picked him at 88. And I'm thinking, the reason why I did that, people say, well, he's going to miss five games. Yeah, but the bye is in that as well. So his bye week is week six. So when he comes back week seven, he plays the rest of the year. And yeah. bearing in mind, this goes through to week 16 or 17. So I'm getting 10 weeks out of Michael Thomas for pick number 88. And I'm looking and thinking, whoever I take at 88 still probably doesn't have Michael Thomas's year, even if he misses five games. Exactly. Well, I was really pleased by that pick. So when I'm, all, when I'm all set, I'll be Diggs, Cooper, Thomas as my wide receivers. And then I'm ready to rumble. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, I, I can only set my team up by saying, and this is, it cracked me up last night, Simon Cross, our, our wonderful producer who puts this thing together. He said, Vernon, if you picked that team three years ago, you would be head and shoulders above everyone else. And he's true. He's right. It's That's true. That's not the kind of compliment you want, is it? It's not, but I get what he's saying because I, like you, changed my strategy. And this is only my, is it third or fourth year in NFL fantasy? Right. Yeah. I've not been playing it that long, although I've observed from afar for decades. Yeah. So usually I do I do what you do, what you yeah. did this year, is I go for the best player. Right. People say, oh, get a quarterback late. You don't need a quarterback. But I couldn't compute that in fantasy because if you get the best quarterback, you're guaranteed 25 points minimum from Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. which is a quarter of your average score of what you, you want to aim for 100, let's be honest, right? So you've got a quarter of that already. Then I never understood, oh, you've got to go running back first. Well, you're putting all your money on a position that's very, very vulnerable. A guy who's running the rock consistently, injuries are afoot when you're playing in, that game, in this game. To support you on that, right, the last two years, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara... Both top three picks. Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. And if you've taken them first, your team's finished. Done. Before You're done. McCaffrey last year. And while I was okay, I was never going to win it. If I'd have had him in the team, I'd have won the league. But I could never replace him. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So this year, I thought, right, I'll approach it with fresh eyes. And in honesty... In all honesty, what it looks like is I went with the old school formula of load up with running backs, right? But but it was because they were the best available at the time. Right. Right. So I got my first pick was Aaron Jones, Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Which is a good pick. Yeah. Then I went uh, Joe Mixon, Bengals. So I've got me two good running backs. Yeah. The rest of it is gravy from now on. Going back to your point about wide receivers, I was like, oh, I need some receivers. I need a good wide receiver. Adam Thielen from the Vikings was injured. But I don't think anyone looked at his injury report because he's only got a bruised thigh and he was available. So I'm yeah. like, I'm going in. I mean, I know he's going to play a second fiddle to Jackson, I think, this season. Jefferson. Or, Jefferson, sorry. Or it could be 50-50. Who knows? But still, he's going to get yards and he's going to score touchdowns. Yeah. So I'm not going to it in depth, but when I say this team would have won it three years ago, listen to this. 
Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Aaron Jones at running back. Joe Mixon at running back. Keenan Allen. Thielen at wide receiver, right? And then I've got Austin Hooper, who wasn't the best tight end available at the time. I went down the list. I think he was... Uh, I think there were eight more before him. But I just think in that offense, with two wide receivers who were vulnerable to injury, uh, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, he's a good, good tight end in that team where Baker Mayfield has now got to prove himself. So Baker Mayfield needs as many offensive weapons as possible to remain employed, basically, by the Cleveland Browns. Let me just stop you there because I'm laughing. It's true. <laughs> oh, listen, I'm not laughing about that. <laughs> I'm laughing about the point where you said, so I need a tight end. <laughs> He's not the best tight end available. <laughs> so I scrolled down, right? That is an interesting strategy. That I know. What to do well, that's... Del <laughs> deliberately pick an inferior player, which is quite... <laughs> when you said I've changed my strategy, it is interesting that you could have had some... <laughs> the strategy is I could have had someone better, but I've decided to pick someone worse. <laughs> what happened then, Darren, is <laughs> fantasy never really reflects actual football. No, it doesn't. No, you're right. So, I, don't, so what, I don't think this is a bad team. And you know you've got Keenan Allen. Well, well, just let me go back to... Let me just go back to me tight, let me just go back to my tight end, Austin Hooper. My football head kicked in because I'm like, he needs people to catch the football from him, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Right? And it's an important season for the Browns because they did all right last year. So I think... It, Austin Hooper at tight end is a great option in fantasy because he is going to get work. He is going to get work, and that's all that matters. Do you know what I'd do now if I was you? Trade him. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I'd go with your experiment. On the waiver wire in this league at the minute is Cole Komet of the Bears. Now, when Justin Fields starts, he's had good chemistry with Cole Komet in training camp. And I right. think a lot of that around the red zone is going to revolve around Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet. So I think if you if you get Komet and put him on your bench, if Hooper doesn't work out, by the time Fields is starting in Chicago, then Komet will have value and you'll cover off the risk. Yeah. All right. I'll, 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 I do now. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. I'm getting there already. But my bench is like my bench. And this, this my bench is pretty much the team that would have won it three years ago. Running back Leonard Fournette. Running back, Melvin Gordon. <laughs> Mike Williams at wide receiver. And then I went for Myers, right? Jacoby Myers at oh, New England. Good pick. Yeah. Good pick. Starting wide receiver. Starting wide receiver. And then sentiment kicked in. And because I've met him and hung out with him, it's not a name drop. I had to pick Daniel Jones. Yes. Yeah. I had to pick, I had to pick Danny Dimes because I think he's yeah. going to be productive. And then I went for Sterling Shepard, my last pick. Right. But you know, you know what you've got there, right? So Lamar Jackson has no running backs this year. So there's a real possibility this year that Lamar Jackson is the number one point scorer in fantasy by the end of the season. Because who's he going to give the ball to? Gus Edwards. I'm not sure. So I think that's a really good pick. I think year two for Justin Herbert, if Keenan Allen stays healthy, is the most underrated, undervalued wide receiver in the whole league. He's not flashy, but he catches everything. Yeah. He could catch 100 balls this year from Justin Herbert. So yeah. I think you've got a lot of upside on some of your picks. Thielen's always been productive. Yeah. Jefferson's, Jefferson's carrying an injury that's as significant as Thielen's at the moment. So, yeah. I, look, I, 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 you know what? We all sit there now 
and go, I don't like that team, or I don't like that one, or I like that one. None of us know, because you don't know who's going to get injured. Yeah. And, and in, injuries are, are going to be the key for everybody. If you go, if I go and lose know, Travis Kelsey week one, I've got no chance, because I can't replace him. You know, if I lose Stefan Diggs, I'm struggling. Yeah. It, so it's just about who you're going to lose. I lost McCaffrey last year, could never recover, tried me best, just no chance. So it, it's on injuries. But they're our team. We're doing another one tonight, aren't we? Yeah, but, but this one, I'm at the National Television Awards tonight, so I have to put mine on auto, which I am dreading. <laughs> like you're co-hosting with Aaron Rodgers, aren't you, this evening? Yeah. You and Aaron, National TV Awards. <laughs> I'm picking number eight tonight. So, I mean, I virtually the same slot. I was nine last night and eight tonight. So, I'm sat there thinking, am I going to get the same team twice? Because last are night... Are you going to stick... Uh, seeing after the results last night, are you going to stick with the same strategy? I think so, because I just... I don't think I'd have swapped any of the picks. I think if I'd have picked anybody else last night for the team to look different, I would have been picking people I didn't want. So, yeah, probably. Yeah. All right. Nice. Yeah. Probably going to stick with the same strategy, yeah. yeah. Nice. So, that's our, those are our fantasy teams. And if you are playing fantasy, uh, you know where we are on social. Get involved. At The Fumble on Twitter. We're on Instagram as well, I do believe. So, you can message us there. Let us know your teams. Just, just screen grab your teams. Um, and if what we're going to do this year, we're going to be a bit more centric on the fancy, aren't we? We're going to let everybody know what we're doing and, and explain it to people as we go because people play it and a lot of people, you know what you said, you watched it from afar for a little while. And I think people look at it sometimes and think, oh, better not play that because it's going to be too time consuming and all that. But it's not. It's NFL fancy is really easy to play because you really play once a week. The baseball one's difficult you've got to play every day, 162 games. So you've got to be managing your team every day if you want to win. You know, this one, you can forget about it pretty much up until Thursday, Friday, if you want. But if you want to be more hands-on, you can do it. So I think over the course of the year, we'll keep everybody in touch with what we're doing and how we're going. And anybody, anybody's got any questions that we might be able to help with, we might not, but we'll, we'll give it a go and we'll, we'll help people out. And it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a, a it's lot of fun. fun. And it's, it's growing so much. I, I actually feel, you know, that... that that's one thing the NFL UK office should spend a little bit more time on. Because I don't think we drive the fantasy leagues enough. It's all right going and playing it on the website where you pick a team every week, but that's not real. You need to play in a seasonal league where you've got 10 or 12 of your mates, 14 of your mates, and you all draft and you do it like we've done it because it makes it more fun. It's yeah. a bit more difficult because you can only, you know, you can't just have everybody you want. But I think, I think that's one area where they could do a little bit more over here. Because I think once people start playing that, because everybody loves the, the dream team and the paper and all that, don't they, for the Premier mm. League. Everybody has a pop at that. Even people who don't like football have a pop at that. So I think, I, I think we, we, we could do a bit more to drive this, you know, because I, th I think it's, a, it's an untapped area. I think it's a bit yeah. of an under-the-radar. Especially radar in the UK. And, yeah. and also, the com you know, it doesn't... There's loads of apps available that do your team for you and your schedule and this, that and the other. It's yeah. really, really simple. So if, if you've never tried it, try it. I was a little bit sceptical like you were about before Darren said, look, just get involved. It's good fun. And I did. And I'm hooked. I am hooked. Well, my mate Tom Vern is a builder, right? I had no interest in the NFL. And because we drafted in the pub that he drinks in, we'd got a spot. So he said, oh, here you are, playing Dungeons and Dragons again. I'm in everybody, you know. So <laughs> he said to him, well, come and have a game. So he said, well, I don't know anything. So he picked all these random people based on their names, really. You know, any Brilliant. funny name you can find, he picked them. And his team actually did okay. He didn't win. They did all right. Mate, he's played every year since. 
He's in two leagues now. I'm still not sure he watches the NFL, but he loves it. So the guy, he was like, he was hammering everybody. Had a go, and he plays all the time. So he loves it. And he was sat there last night. There's actually a picture on our group, if you have a look. Big Tom, he sat there with his dog by his side, his laptop on his little table. And I'm thinking, our times have changed, my friend. Brilliant. Battering us from the next table, steaming. Brilliant. Now having your own little setup in your house on draft night, which I thought was very cute. I thought very cute. Well, also it it enhances your enjoyment of the NFL because we know that a lot of fumbleites are big fans of Red Zone. Yes. So Red Zone made for fantasy, by the way. Made exactly, exactly. In the words of Forrest Gump, fantasy football and Red Zone are like peas and carrots. (laughs) They just go together because it's all about points. It's all about getting in the red zone and getting in the end zone. And if there's a big run, Scott Hansen and his team will highlight it so you don't miss anything. But then because you've seen it, you think, oh, hang on a minute. Who's got Derek Henry? He's just run 99 yards. So you have a look. And then, oh, hang on a minute. We're going to go here. Someone scored. And you're like, all right, who is it? Who is it? Is it my guy? (laughs) I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's fantasy football. Let's talk real football, Darren. We've only got a, a few minutes left because where, where are you going this weekend? What have you got? What game have you got? Palace? Yeah, Palace Tottenham. And then I'm going to go and watch the last round of the PGA. But at 10 o'clock this morning, I've got a meeting with the tax people. Whoa, we don't want to miss that. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. so quickly, Darren. Well, yeah. it's perfect. We're going to do it really quickly. It's the question that we always ask at the beginning of the season. Who is going to win the Super Bowl, making its debut in this brand new stadium in Los Angeles, the SoFi Stadium? Who's going to lift the Lombardi? Okay, uh, I'm going to give you my NFC pick, my AFC pick. I'm going to give you the Super Bowl. I'm going to give you the winner. In the AFC, I just don't think Mahomes can get them there three years in a row. It doesn't happen very often. I think... The Buffalo Bills will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl this year. And I think after everything that's happened and he's coming back for maybe one last hurrah, I've just got a feeling that Aaron Rodgers will get the Green Bay Packers to a Super Bowl. And for all of the returning starters, I think it's a big call for the Buccaneers to win two in a row. I'm going to go Super Bowl, is it 55 this year? SoFi Stadium will be between Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. And in a shootout, I'm going to go Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. Ooh! Ooh! 
All right. I like that. I think Josh Allen, uh, like you said earlier on, he's going to throw it 50 times a game. They've got a decent defense, which is in my fantasy. Uh, <laughs> and I think you're right. I'm going to go with, well, in the AFC, it will be between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Because I can't see the Kansas City Chiefs being beaten by anyone in there at the moment. You know what I would say though? I think if you if they've got a I think that I think to win, they're gonna have to go to Buffalo. I think Buffalo need home field. Yeah, but, to the well, let, let's take those two out of the equation. What I was gonna say, Vern, is I think the Chargers are gonna be better this year. I think it's a harder division this year for Kansas City to win. But, yes, I'm with you. Yeah. Right. So that gives Buffalo the edge in terms of home field moving on. I think they'll need that, but I think they'll get it. But if you look at every other team in that conference in the AFC, everyone, apart from, I would say, the Titans mm. and maybe the Browns, everyone's in a development period. Except for the Bills, who have flourished under Josh Allen yeah, and the Chiefs. Yeah. I think everyone else is in development. Dolphins, definitely. Patriots, 100%. Jets, shite. Or decline. If you look or decline, at yeah. Or Pittsburgh. They've not got that established team. Their well, cap guy there, has failed. What there is in the AFC is a couple of teams that might break out. Yeah. Say that yeah. yeah. That you've mentioned. And you've what mentioned I'm saying is, there is no one there who is flying. No. to manual. Everything's cross-checked. We are yeah. preparing for V1 takeoff. Yeah. Right. Apart from the Chiefs, and I would say the Bills. Right. Yeah. In the NFC, however, mm. I think there's a lot of established teams that could be in the mix. You could even say the Vikings have got a chance if their defence can do what it's capable of doing. Brady and the Bucks are a given for the playoffs, in my opinion. The team I'm going for, however, to make it to the Super Bowl, Phoenix Cardinals. Wow. I'm going for the Phoenix Cardinals. It's a brave move. And I just think that Cliff Kingsbury... Arizona Cardinals. Are, that's what I mean. Yeah, that, you, you, you picked the Phoenix Cardinals when you picked your fancy team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but isn't it funny, though, how... Yeah. I, I've never adjusted. No. I've never adjusted. Like, it'll that's always not a bad be the shout, o- you know that. That's not a bad shout. That's... It'll always be the Oakland Raiders to me. Yeah, but I hope you put money on that. Because I if they win the Super Bowl, you are going to make a killing. I have, I have. You know I have, Darren. Yeah. Because I, I think... He's they've invested in the they they've got a quarterback there who they know is gonna flourish if you allow him to play. He can run the ball, but as we've said many times, or I've said many, many times on the fumble, if you've got a quarter, you have to look at the uh these quarterbacks who run out of the pocket, like what's his name? Griffin the third, yeah, absolutely battered. Yeah, with this new style of quarterback. Got knocked out of the game. He's now a backup, right? Kyler Murray, they realise he's a delicate, a delicate soul. He's only five foot three, but he can launch the ball and he's got great vision, believe it or not, behind his massive offensive line. So what did they do? They brought in the best receiver that they could bring in, in DeAndre Hopkins from the Texans. Yeah. Right? They've bolstered their receiving core in the draft and their defence isn't bad. And all you've got to do, in the words of Vince Lombardi, is score more points than your opponent, which they are more than capable of doing. Okay. And, I, I, and I've just got a feeling that it's their time. So were you going Arizona-Buffalo Super Bowl? 
I'm going Arizona Buffalo, and I think it'll be one hell of a shootout between the two. I'm going Cardinals. Wow. It's wow. it's 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 the it's the it's the quirkiest, bravest Super Bowl prediction I've made in about twenty years. Because we're all about things being you know nicely joined together. When I first started watching the NFL back in season eighty-five, when the Bears won it, Super Bowl twenty. The prospect of a Buffalo Bills, Arizona Cardinals, they were the St. Louis Cardinals back then. So the prospect of a, a Buffalo Bills Cardinals Super Bowl was as outlandish as the prospect of George Reynolds playing in the NFL. Yeah. And it shows how far the, the, the thing has come that now we're sat here talking on a podcast today suggesting that one of our own young men could go and go through college and, and, and earn a place in the NFL, at the same time that Vernon Kay is saying the Bills could play the Cardinals in a Super Bowl. That's just how much this game changes over the fullness of time. And we're both sat here wearing old school T-shirts. You've got the Bears on and I've got the Cowboys. I have. (laughs) My friend, we are back up and running. It's been brilliant. We are back. NFL season tonight. Buccaneers, Cowboys. Cannot wait. I'm buzzing. We've given you the Super Bowl picks. We've sorted your fancy teams out. We're back. We're ready to go. We're good. Loved it. Yeah. Darren, always a pleasure. You know where to find us, your usual outlets for your podcast. And if, you, if you're nice, be kind. Leave us a, leave us a whatever you leave. Uh, and we will see you next time after week one of the brand new 2021 season. This is The Fumble. I was Vernon Kay. He was Darren Fletcher. Produced by Shooting Shark with Simon Cross on the ones and twos. We bid you farewell. Have a great opening weekend. Crack a tinny open for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.